about the only content warning I've got this week is we're going to be talking about maybe some coping strategies for the pandemic. For the pandemic. And if you cannot hear anything about the pandemic, we understand completely. Totally. But uh, if you want to hear other people stressed out about it and talking about it and how we're dealing with it, come on aboard. Stay tuned. We should warn you, however, that this is recorded in a house with animals. The dogs are pacing. The chickens are crowing. It's not quite time to put them away yet. And one of the cats is decidedly an asshole. Which, which leads, leads me us <laughs> to our second warning, which is we swear. This is not a podcast for uh, children. Uh, we're adults who use adult language. It's not going to be anything terrible. So uh, I guess rated PG-13 maybe. Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. So, hi, folks. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 139. Uh, I would like to thank everyone who has been signing up for and doing interviews. It's absolutely fantastic, and I'm looking forward to some great content leading up to episode 150. Really excited about that. Woo! In personal productivity news... A lot of you are working from home, and we're going to talk a lot about that in the second segment of the show. Uh, for me, it's relatively unchanged, and I've been doing this for nine years now, give or take. So it's not – and I mean give or take in terms of months, not like give or take years. So I'm going to share some of the things I had to do to adjust because I know this is going to be new for a lot of people, and it takes some adjusting. Don't get me wrong. I am also working from home, and yes. uh, I'm a writer. So for a long time, I always worked at home, and I my second office is the coffee shop where I do the majority of my writing. But uh, the governor has issued a uh, shutdown of all restaurants, bars, etc. to anything but takeout. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to the coffee shop anyway because we're self-quarantining. I did buy a uh, gift card from them for the amount of coffee I would have drunk this month <laughs> uh, right at the outset mm -hmm. because I was like, I know I won't be coming in and you're going to get hit real hard. So let me let me just let me stock up right now. Uh, planning is good. Planning is good. Buying from from the small local businesses who offer that sort of thing right now is great because it gives them a little something to buffer with. Yeah. And uh but I do have to write at home mm -hmm. now, and I did that for about a year while this coffee shop was closed and and re uh, and moving to a new location and getting setbacks and whatnot. And I seem to recall I wrote books during that, but I'll be honest, I have very little memory of it. <laughs> a lot of that. Well, there was a lot more distraction because this was pre-medicated Ursula. Yes, uh, certainly, and uh, I am still on the. Uh, meds, which are starting to wear off now, so I'm starting to stammer <laughs> more than I was. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, God, I'm so annoyed that, like, we get it sorted, and I'm probably not going to be able to get my refill. Uh, I have yeah, to, I, I called the, the doctor's office and said, uh, the woman picked up the phone sounding like she was in the trenches, and I was like, I don't think I have COVID-19. And there was this dead silence, and I'm like, that's what everyone's calling about, right? She's like, oh, yeah. Like, okay, let's move my upcoming appointment to a telephone uh, or to a, a video conference call if we can, which we can, which 
right. they're doing. The, the whole clinic is like, we will happily switch over to that for follow-ups on these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how that's going to square with making me pee in a cup, but I suspect we're going to do a, uh, if I don't ask, they don't have to talk about it kind of thing. Quite possibly, yeah. Uh, I did sign a thing saying I wouldn't sell it, so maybe they'll just be like, look, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, or they may ironically, say you have to drive in and pee in a cup. Ironically, I have not scheduled the appointment, however, because she was like, I got to get back to you, hang on, and then came back to inform me that Cigna, our insurer, was not covering f- uh, phone-in screenings right now. <sighs> but we're discussing maybe the possibility of doing it, and I'm right. like, I will pay for this out of pocket if it keeps me safe and keeps her safe. And she was like, let me go find out how much that would be. And now we're just kind of waiting. So it's all very stupid, but I am willing to take the hit if, uh, I mean, God, this country. But I know, I know. I don't want to go into a doctor's office, which is like the worst possible place to go during a pandemic. And these poor souls are going to be working, you know, left, right and center. I'm hoping that, you know, by the time I need my meds refilled, my doctor is not somewhere in a hospital slapping people under respirators and praying. So and if she is, you know, I've lived like this for 42 years. I can live longer. It's not a big deal. I'll just be like, God damn it. Yeah. Because the meds are still working great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, working at home. And the other thing about working um, is that now I just sit down and I make my word count in between an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. And you can keep going if you want, uh, or you can go do other things. Yeah. Usually I I haven't been like, I'll get, you know, a thousand or I'll finish the scene, get up to 1200, and then I'll be like, okay, that's, that's where it is. And then go off and uh, I've been doing a lot of gardening mm-hmm. and well, it's good. spring and our neighbors are far away. So spending time outside is not a big deal. Yes. And I got to say, I always kind of wanted to spend the spring uh, at home with the garden, which I very rarely get to do. I'm always traveling or whatever. And now <laughs> I guess I'm going to. This is not how we wanted to do it, but. But uh, yeah. we are uh, self-isolating at home. We have mm-hmm. been on uh, not. You know, total lockdown in that we go to do curbside grocery pickup kind of thing, but we are not going anywhere. We yeah. we do not, certainly not to restaurants or anything like that. Or <laughs> you know, and we haven't really in at least. Uh, I think it's been. Uh, let's see. Thursday was the last time I went out. Anywhere. We had the feed store run on Saturday. Yeah, that was, which was our last big one. Yeah. And uh, so now, of course, like everyone else, we're doing all of the math from every time we've been out in public and calculating, okay, five days is the median, 11.5 days, 97% of people will have it. Okay, maybe non-anxious people don't do this, but that's the math I run in my head all right. the time. Right. Are you doing that? No, not really. Yeah, well. But I, I don't have the, the anxiousness or the anxiety, and I go outside and stand with my chickens. And it's very hard to be anxious about anything when you're standing outside with your chickens. Or, as I was doing this morning, running around chasing a pair of errant chickens, <laughs> which is, uh, that was covered in a thread on your on my Twitter. On your Twitter. Yes, uh, it is worth seeing the thread. Uh, you'll probably have to scroll back a few days of uh, It Has Photos. Kevin was trying to round up the fabulous Houdan brothers. A branch had fallen on the fence and they had gotten out. 
And when he failed to be able to do so, possibly because Shepard and I were just pointing and laughing and not helping, uh, we got oh, a Shep got out her herding dog, who, Beamer, who is a professional herding dog who works sheep. This is what he does. And he uh, started trying to work the chickens, and that would have gone better, except that the Houdan brothers do not respond like chickens. Uh, no, they really don't. Because they can't see him. They're, the breed has such fabulous head plufage. It's so fabulous. That they can't see the dog behind them. And then the one would look over their shoulder and go, oh my god, a dog! Bro! Bro! It's a dog! And then they would run away. So he could get up way too close to them, and then it was, you know... We're we're thinking about doing some barber work yeah. and trimming it. It you know, yeah. I, I'm telling you, dear. I know you're like these are a tragic, endangered breed, and they need me. But are you sure you wouldn't like something with free range potential? <laughs> uh, we'll we'll the see. Dominique how it, is an excellent chicken. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Pack me up on this internet. The Dominique is an excellent <laughs> breed, the oldest one in North America. And uh, they are they are tough little fowl who who free range well and uh, supposed to be really good at, at at raising chicks. And also, they have like no attitude. They're well, okay, they have attitude, but their attitude is all well. That's a thing that happened, right? <laughs> anyway, so, I got a new toy. Okay. I mean, sort of a new toy. It's uh, a thing called the uh, time flip. So there's a lot of stuff on Instagram and things about the Timular, which is a giant eight-sided die that, as you flip it over, it talks to your phone or whatever and records, like, what side it's on so you can do time tracking. The Wait, what? I, yeah, you I, haven't I, seen I this? So so you're like turning it? So yeah, so like let's say you're you're working on and I'm going to I'm going to show you using this. I I have my uh my Daytex timer cube for for doing Pomodoro here. And so let's say the top has a this side up is for working on art. And then when you're done working on art, you turn it to not working or you turn it to okay, I'm doing email now. And the thing is that the timer costs about 80 bucks. And, and I, okay, what does it send to your phone? Uh, it's just a Bluetooth signal saying what side it's on and how long it's been on that side. So then you have to look at your phone? If well, eventually it's uh, it keeps track of all that on your phone so that while the side is up, it considers that that's you're working on that task and so it's sort of a clock in clock out thing. Right? But I, what if you lie to the cube and go to the bathroom without changing it? Then it clocks it as if you were sitting there. Why are you giving the cube this power over your life, Kevin? Well, that's the thing. I, I looked at the at the the timeular, and I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty cool, but they're asking a lot of money and a subscription fee for it. Good God! Yeah. So I found there's the competitor, which I believe. Uh, uh, Jen Mercer and I talked about, which is the time flip, which is here. It is, it does a lot of the same things, except first things first, it's 12 sided. 
right now. Okay. I've got it, and it's ex- I've got it exploded out because you can take it apart to change the batteries and things. All right, but if you fold it up, it does indeed make a twelve a plastic twelve sided die. Right, and I've put stickers on it to indicate what task it's tracking. Like the this one right here is podcasting, and this one with the lightning bolt is for D and D. And look, there's the Twitter icon in case okay. I, yeah, and a pet icon and uh, a hammer for working and things like that. And all I have to do is turn it to whatever task I'm working on during the day. Does it talk to your phone? It does talk to my phone. Uh, The interesting thing about this one, though, is they give you 3D printer models online so that if you don't like the default 12-sided, maybe you want a 6-sided, like my my Datex Time Cube here. You just print one. If you happen to have access to a 3D printer, maybe you want the eight-sided like they have for the Timeular. And it's all like open source parts, and they're working on an API and all kinds of cool things. Okay, I I get, I can see how this would be maybe useful if you're the sort of person who wanted to know how much time you were spending on any given task. Right. Or if you're like a freelancer, you could assign a side to each customer. Oh, and be like, oh, it looks like I did spend three hours on that. Right. Okay. Exactly. And that's that's what it is because some people, I'm not saying I necessarily need this, but you know, for some people, it's helpful to know what you're doing when and how much time you're spending on tasks. I remember, uh, as you know, internet. I am a big fan of the app Wonderlist, which is now going away. Mm -hmm. I have already gone, and. Uh, I was just, I went to Todoist, or not Todoist, To-Do List, to Microsoft To-Do Microsoft List. Microsoft To-Do. Yeah, yeah, that thing. It's a To-Do List, which is more or less identical in every possible way to Wonderlist, except slightly uglier. And Well, it, it, it was, all the back end apparently was the Wonderlist team, but the front end has to be the Microsoft standard. Yeah. But Consistency. I mean, it it's fine. It does pretty much the thing. Uh, one thing I don't like is that on the display, uh, when I click a task and it shows me I've done the task, it does not show me on what date I accomplished that task, uh-huh. which annoys me. But anyway, the yeah. uh, I was mentioning this to Kevin. And I said, you know, it's fine. I don't need to. He asked if I'd imported my data from Wonderlist. I'm like, why would I do that? It's just a couple of years of me tracking word counts. And he's like, that, you wanted that data. Yeah, because if we can, what we can do once we have, like if we have a, a, a length over time of your word count day to day, we can do things like see what your average word count is. We can see like if there are times of year, because you've been doing it for two years now, uh, times of year where you're more productive than others. I fully expect like summers when in the middle of con season, you're not as productive as winter's. When there's no going out, but for all I know, during gardening season, you're hyper. You've been hyper productive, hmm. and in the fall, maybe not so much because you can't get out and garden. I don't know. These are the sorts of things we could look at. I guess mm-hmm. that is a thing we could look at. It's sort of like when we had the trail cam set up at Dog Skull. Yes, and I sat down with all the photos, and I recorded all of the times in a spreadsheet of when deer were showing up on the photos. So an interesting fact about the deer at Dog Skull is that they are not acting right. Correct. A uh, <laughs> deer should show up in morning and evening. Yes. 
and they are not uh shepherd has just come in with a very important message for kevin which is that oh uh, yes the chickens, chickens are upsetting the collie. Yes. We, we will deal with that as soon as we finish this discussion. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Uh, you you can talk on air, Shepard. They know you're here. I didn't want to interrupt. Okay. Anyway, okay. One of the fabulous Sudan brothers is on the ground. The other one appears to be trying to sleep on a T-post, possibly, or a low branch. <sighs> so you may want to deal with this before the discussion is over, depending on when raccoons come out. So we're going to pause for just a minute, Internet. I, I, I tell you what, we'll finish the deer tracking story and talk about working at home yes. right after this. A small adventure as the fabulous Houdan brothers, the two roosters, were roosting on the giant metal rooster statue. Yeah. So uh, that was that was a thing. And Beamer was very upset, the border collie upstairs, because who was watching through the window going, they're in the wrong place. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Which is what border collies do. Yes. Anyway, about the, the deer acting wrong at Dog Skull. Yes, because and we, we had photos with timestamps on them. From the trail cam. From the trail cam. And deer usually come out uh, in the morning, mm-hmm. in the evening. They mm-hmm. are crepuscular, dawn and dusk. Right. And then in the middle of the night, you will frequently get an older buck. And this is because bucks have to be intelligent. They know that they are hunted. And... The bigger the rack gets, the more hunted they are. So you will often find them at feeding stations at in absolute dead middle of the night. Right. Because the ones who live long enough to get that big are very clever. And in fact, there are several fairly large bucks on Dog Skull or environs because Dog Skull does not have enough food to support a deer at the moment. Um, so what we were seeing after I took all the photos and put all of the timestamps into a spreadsheet and then graphed it because... I wanted to be sure was that the most common times for deer to visit that area of dog skull were between what, one and three in the afternoon? Yeah. Our deer were broken. They were showing up like my dad was looking at the at the and he's a longtime deer hunter and so his knows this stuff inside and out. He's like, This is so weird. Your deer are weird. They're not there at the right time. Yeah. They were showing up in the middle of the day. They uh they were just not acting normal yeah what we figured out then was the reason ursula and her dad did not have any success that year from hunting is they were giving up too early in the day yeah like if we'd come out in mid-afternoon we would have been fine but uh mid-morning hang out middle of the afternoon you you could have deer yeah But, uh, which, you know, whatever, I certainly wasn't hurting for food at that point, so I am not too worried about it. This year may be different, God (laughs) knows. But it was interesting, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot of possible reasons for that. 
uh, the fact that they have not traditionally been hunted there, so they don't feel the need to uh, to do that. Possibly Sneaky. something yeah. else was active that was disrupting them. The neighbor, uh, the neighbors do had did have dogs that were occasionally allowed to wander through, and dogs are the enemy of young deer. So mm-hmm. uh, there are all kinds of possible reasons, and I'll be interested to see how things change once. We finish up seeding the we seeded grass seed onto dog skull this last weekend, and seven acres broadcast by hand. Oh my god, a <laughs> uh, hundred pounds of grass seed, which yeah, lordy, uh, which is not a terribly dense mixture, and we're hand broadcasting, so we're gonna overseed you know with various things several times. But wow, that takes it out of you. Um, anyway, anyway, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I have to, you know, get the trail cam back up. I'd like to see if the white deer is still there. Um, there was a uh, true albino mm-hmm. deer on dog skull, not merely leucistic, which is the more common one, but absolute white, red eyes, pink pink hooves, pink nose. The whole thing, yeah. And uh, a doe. And uh, now, even though I am a deer hunter and I respect subsistence hunting where you eat it, I'm pretty sure if you shoot a white deer, the fairies kick your ass. Oh yeah, so. yeah, I, I, yeah. That one, that one is sacrosanct and and not yeah. to be touched. And my dad was like, "Oh my god, no, no! Do you do you think, man? Could we like trap it somehow and get it to a preserve or something? Because you know it'll stand out like a sore thumb. But such things are all, always super stressful for the animal and." And frankly, albinos don't necessarily live that long in the wild. Uh, they get uh, they get terrible sunburn and mm-hmm. often skin cancer. Yeah. But uh, nevertheless, as long as it lives, it is safe on dog skull. So anyway. Anyway. Uh, so that's yeah. that's why I want the historical data on your writing is because I want to see if we can make similar trends. you can trends. find any white yeah. deer. <laughs> as it were, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. sure. I don't know. Uh, and so that, that sort of brings us to the interesting subject of working from home. Yes. Uh, so we have two topics to tackle. Mm-hmm. We have working from home and not freaking the fuck out when the world is, is collapsing. So, and and at this point, they kind of go hand in hand. Since a lot of us who are able to work at home are working at home, and those of you who can't, and we know you are out there because uh, you're in one of the industries where you can't work from home, uh, your boss won't let you, you don't have paid sick leave, you know, we know... Some of you are heroes and some of you are suffering unduly under capitalism's yoke and we feel you, man. Yeah. I'm I yeah. I wish the world was different. So the first thing you have to understand about working from home is it is a hard adjustment. It is not an easy adjustment to go from working an office job to working from home. And the first time I was working from home Way back in the the dark ages of uh, 1999 and 2000, <laughs> the before times, uh, it we was were so young. It was a, it was a big adjustment. It really was because you're used to maybe you have a home office or a space where your your home computer sits, and maybe that's where you play games and check your email. And it's you, you're not in a work mindset. The there's going to be a lot of talk. There's going to be a lot of talk and continues to be a lot of talk about, you know, make sure you have your laptop set up. Make sure you have a, a space 
appropriate for working, or at least you have a space where you, you can dedicate to working. And all of that is very important. A couple of things they don't talk about. Of course, about. that assumes you have enough space to be able to do that. Right. You're in a studio apartment with two kids, you know, Godspeed. Uh, exactly. Especially with, you know, schools being out and daycares closed and things like that. We are, yeah, we are kind of off the map in that regard. Yeah. But a couple of the things that they don't, and they'll, they'll talk about, oh, you know, make sure you don't have, you know, try to set it up with fewer distractions. Honestly, one of the things I found was that fighting distractions cost me more time. Uh, can you give a specific example? Uh, laundry has been my big one. Ah. Uh, I will often sit there and go, well, I need to do the laundry. No, no, I have to get this other thing done. But then I'm kind of thinking about how the laundry needs to be done. Oh, hi, or Beamer. I will put off taking the dogs out. Speaking of the devils. Yes, uh, because go I'm trying to, to finish oh, something no, when it would go much faster if I weren't having to say to the dogs, please be quiet. I'll be there in a minute. Uh, uh, it would just be easier to push pause on what I'm doing walk over. Now, it is true that research indicates that every interruption causes a, uh, it takes about 15 minutes to get back in the work mindset. The problem is that in that case, you've already been interrupted. Yeah, exactly. It's, exactly. it's not like you're going from zero to laundry. The laundry has interrupted you. If you do it, it stops interrupting you. Yes. Yeah. The other thing about it is, as people are talking about all this setup, one of the things we did when I started my new job, since we're primarily remote, is we actually had a discussion about ergonomics. Mm -hmm. Because most desks, most chairs, office stuff, and dear God, most laptops are not designed that ergonomically. The ergonomic ones, the ones that are labeled ergonomic, tend to be a little more expensive. But what I've been finding as I've been using them more and getting older, is that, you know, the extra money spent on a good, like I use Logitech, Logi uh, trackballs, right? Because they're easier on my wrist than trying to do a mouse. I just, I've been using Logitech ergonomic keyboards and I just got their newest model last week because it's designed for standing desks, too, to keep your hands in the right positions in, in a standing desk. It is phenomenal. The difference I have versus my it, – it's a split keyboard, so it takes a little getting used to in terms of finger positioning. But the difference in what it's doing to my hands than the prior keyboard or trying to do the amount of typing I do on a laptop keyboard – in the amount I do is just uh, night and day, night and day. So much well, more well-designed. Uh, now, you may not be able to do that, and I understand that. Uh, it may be something that you should save up for, but try to keep things in mind. If it seems like every day it is painful, like physically painful to sit down and work, then you might want to talk to your HR department because you are stuck at home to see if there are any allowances for uh, ergonomics for yes. for upgrades. Uh, we actually have an allowance at my company for work from home. Another thing I'm going to recommend highly is an external monitor. I don't use the monitor on my laptops when I work all day. Too hard on my eyes. Too small. I can 
with it on my lap when I'm playing games or something like that upstairs, because I've got a laptop for home and a laptop for work. I keep the two separate. Uh, but when I'm working, working, I have a monitor that is dedicated to work that is connected only to my work laptop. Um, and I spent some money on a dock so that if I'm going to travel, I can just pull the laptop and take it with me and come home and plug it back in. I'm a full-time work from home person. That sort of thing, that, that sort of thing, like a, a, a dock, uh, may not seem appropriate if it looks like you're going to be going back into the office in a couple months, a couple weeks even. But if this is going to be a much longer term thing, this is the sort of investment that makes life a lot easier. Plus that means you can free up some desk space. You can take that dock, you can put it, you know, on a shelf to the side or whatever. And now your laptop isn't taking up the center portion of your desk. Um, the, Dock I use, as discussed before, is a hinge dock, which is a vertical dock specifically for uh, MacBooks. Mm -hmm. uh, they are certainly more expensive than like the one you get for a Dell or something like that. But since this is a desk I'm at all day, having that extra space is really important. And having the laptop and all the cables and whatever out of my way is a huge deal. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I use an external monitor for my uh, my art machine, which I use so little these days that uh, I'm actually going to break down my uh, uh, home office setup that I used to use just because I've moved so much to working on an iPad, uh, mm -hmm. iPad Pro, and now I basically only use it for things that require very delicate uh, typography and layouts. Mm -hmm. And so basically I break open that thing when I'm redesigning a book cover and that's almost yeah. all I use it for these days. And I still need that. I'm glad it's there. This is the kind of, you know, I could go back to that, but, uh, workflows change mm -hmm. and, uh, there's, you don't have to hold on to something just cause it worked for you for a long time. It's, you know, yeah. acknowledge reality as, as with anything, anything we talk about, uh, take what works for you and toss the rest. Yes. This is not a magic bullet. These are sort of advice topics. Uh, one of the things that I do, and I know several people do, to get them in the work mindset is we establish routines. We've talked about how much your routine is, is important to you, your rut. Uh, what I do is, yeah, I get up in the morning like I was going into an office, I take my shower, I get dressed. I am not going to be showing up online in my pajamas. Uh, we will point out for this that Kevin does have to uh, take part in video calls. Right. Now, it, it wouldn't matter. Uh, all they see is basically from, like, my gut up. So well, if I'm presentable from there. Frequently has to run outside to the chicken, so it's just right. as well he has shoes on. But the, the whole thing is that because I was an office worker for most of my career prior to this, that whole routine in the morning gets it it's part of my wake up. It's a ritual that gets me my brain into that, you know, I am now going to work space. Um, there are lots of people who will swear, you know, you have to put on pants every day to work at home. If you are a person that works for great. Yeah. I personally can write perfectly well wearing my fuzzy pink Batman pajama bottoms. And in fact, did so today. See also why we don't do video with this show. Well, that and uh, being a woman on the internet means that I really don't want to be called fat that much. 
So uh, yeah, that's fair. That's uh, fair. Yeah. Also, can I, there's not really a good spot for this rant, so I'm just going to shoehorn it in right here. Do it. God damn, I am so pissed for all of my disabled friends who have been like, can I work from home and being told it is too difficult to accommodate. And now all of a sudden, all of these fucking companies can suddenly manage to have 99% of the workforce working from home. And oh, look, it wasn't that hard after all, you assholes. And there's a lot to be said for that. I The company I work for is much more accommodating. Yes, because, yours is fine. You're, because, I'm not yelling at yours, but yeah, yeah. Because we started with the whole, we were distributed from the beginning, which meant we already had all of those accommodations in place. Right. The, the truth is a lot of companies are avoiding it for a couple of very important reasons. And I know this because when I was interviewing last year, I would run into these same arguments. It's, well... You know, after six months, you'll be able to work from home one day a month or one day a week. And I'm like, that's not work from home. That's not remote work. That's we're throwing you a bone and we don't trust you to get your job done if we can't see you. And that is, frankly, prior to now, the biggest leap in office work that has to be done in that is that they have to trust that their employees will continue to work when they are at home and supposed to be working. And the fact is they don't trust you any more than they ever did. It's no. just now they don't trust you not to get them sick more. Yeah. And there is, uh, there is software out there, not going to lie, that is perfectly capable of watching what is going on on your work-issued laptop while you are home and reporting back and letting them peak, like live or delayed at what you're doing at home. Uh, th there's a whole industry around monitoring your employees to make sure they are working. Uh, and squicks me out. Not abusing. Yeah, no, totally squicks me out. Uh, I don't have it. Yeah. Uh, I know how to trace and detect the firewall, things like that. But... Uh, this is a thing that happens. This is the other reason I say you have a work machine and you have a home machine. And I realize this is not a financial reality for a lot of people, but let me be blunt. If you are using, you're working from home and you use your work computer to view porn, they will fire you. Yes. There no and ifs or buts. That is a misuse of company property. It sucks. And I know there are a lot of people who like their only computer is their work computer. Do you know if take if if you can buy a Chromebook? They're under a hundred you can get them for under $150 and use that for personal stuff. Try your best not to mix personal and work on your your computers because it will come back to haunt you or bite you. Yes. Yeah. Um and the temptation is there and it is really hard sometimes. You're going to have days where you just can't focus just like you do it in an office. The only difference between an office and at home is that at home you can walk away from your work computer and maybe take 5 minutes of private time. I'm sure he's just talking about doing the laundry internet. Yes. Uh, no, there's there was a Mitchell and Webb sketch. You remember the, the show Mitchell and Webb look? No, I don't think so. And one guy's talking about how he's just gone freelance and working from home. And, and there's another guy who's been doing it for, for a while. And their wives are like, oh, well, maybe you can give him some tips. And the wives walk away to get drinks. And he's like, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to help. He's like, 
how the hell do you stop wanking all the time? <laughs> and he's like, you have to pace yourself. I re- you, you know, it's distracting. And, you know, they go through this whole thing, you know, okay. Maybe a little more than PG-13 this time, guys. Yeah. Uh, Gang, sorry. But, I mean, so there's this whole thing about, you know, well, maybe you reward yourself. You've, <laughs> you've just finished a, a segment on a customer's project. Maybe then you go off and you, you, you have it, you know, and, and. We are not con- suggesting no, no. that you uh, you reward your successes with uh, wanking, but on the other hand, um, you know, just whatever you do in your spare time is your business. Just make sure your company doesn't know about it, and also I would prefer not to ever know about it either. Thank you. So I shouldn't tell you that when I interviewed uh, uh, Peggy. Oh, God. Uh, of course episode it would be Peggy. Three, yeah. It was like... You know, um, weed and wanking. All right. right? Yeah. Uh, but Peggy has a well-defined workflow, and that may have... wanking and workflow. I, I, I'm working on getting an update from Peggy. Good, good. Now that she has moved from Seattle to New Orleans and has changed some workflow, so we'll see how that goes. But the point is that, again, you're going to have to manage your time differently. Yes. And it is not easy. It is easy to get distracted. Like, okay, Kevin's example of going and doing the laundry, if you just go and do the laundry, fine. If while you're doing the laundry, you realize you need to take the trash out and also you haven't wiped down the sinks, you should really put the the, the dishes away. Uh, It can easily be three hours later. Right. Set a timer. Yes. So that you know, okay, I'm taking a break. Tell your coworkers. I need to take a quick break. I'll be back in 15 minutes or whatever. You know, I'm going to go make a coffee or I'm going to go. Yeah. Set a timer, help keep yourself on, on track and, and get that. I work with a very flexible group. So if I end up working like tomorrow, I'm, I'm on call, uh, for the new environment that I helped deploy and that is now beta availability, but no one else is really trained to deal with it. Okay, fine. I'm going to be on call on and off for the next two or three weeks. The idea, though, is that I don't have to really be working until on-call starts, and I'm not done until it finishes that day. Okay, fine. We're a little more flexible. If you've got clock-watching bosses or something like that, it's going to be different. Oh, yeah. Very different. Uh, The other thing is um, communicate. Over-communicate in this case. Uh, by now, almost every workplace has some chat service or some video conferencing service. Stay connected with your coworkers unless you absolutely hate them. And even then, stay connected with them to the same levels you were in the office, even if most of it was walking by to the coffee and saying, fuck you, Bob, and walking it back. It is totally fine to set up a Slack channel just so that you can walk in and text, fuck you, Bob. <laughs> I, and there are robots to help you. Maybe you don't know your coworkers. Maybe this is you your... You can f- tell a robot on a schedule to say, fuck you, Bob. No. <laughs> uh, there's uh, a okay, couple... Okay, scratch that. Uh, there's a couple bots for Slack and related services that allow you to set up a time to have a virtual coffee with a coworker. And Slack has built-in calling now. Uh, Zoom is one of the bigger solutions now for doing face-to-face chats, and you can set up 15 minutes to just have 
coffee and get to know a coworker. This is especially valuable if you're new. I had somebody write in uh, uh, saying, hey, just this past week on Twitter, hey, I've got a remote job. I've never done this before. And it's a really tough adjustment. It's a tough adjustment. How do you get to know your coworkers? Invite some of them for one-on-ones and have chats. Take the time to reach out. You don't have that water cooler-ish thing the same way um, we do because we're all like very active on Slack at my job. Uh, matter of fact, sometimes the most important corporate decisions are made in Slack and then copy and pasted to a uh, GitHub ticket for us to execute, right? <laughs> and cleaned up a little. But uh, again, we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, if you're new to this and this is going to be your full-time job, then a lot of this has to, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of outreach. You're going to have to work to maintain or to create the social connections and friendships that you would normally make in an office that is very different when you're remote. But it's much safer to do it, you know, in the next couple of weeks that way. So, hey. Yeah, hey, uh, bonus. Um, the other thing is we have set up, and this may be something to suggest to your uh, employer, if they don't have it, um, we have set up something called Aeons, always on rooms in our video conferencing system. So anytime I'm feeling like just none of the connection, I can hop on to an always on room and there are my coworkers and maybe we're all just staring at the thing or maybe we're, we're there they're figuring out what's going on. But uh, is this a, uh, you, you, show up when you feel like being yeah. there so it's not like uh they're fall they're watching you the whole time you choose to nope. go in and- uh, you choose to go in and choose to go out Got and it. it's a way to sort of have a virtual office uh it's you know there have been a couple times it's been handy it's like oh uh my first week on call i think i spent a lot of time in the always on a room for uh the uh, system reliability engineers the, the SREs, because there's this whole wealth of knowledge. And I can go, what the hell is going on here? And there was somebody there who say, I've seen this before. It's cool. That sort of thing actually mm-hmm. sounds like it might be good for uh, like writers and artists who are particularly tech minded, who are starting mm-hmm. to feel the, the press of isolation. Um, not that, you know, writers and artists are sort of used to working that, but if you have a day job most of the time and yeah. uh, now you don't and you're freaked out and want to talk to other people and maybe also get some like encouragement on writing uh, people, you know, do like word wars where they're like, all right, I'm going to go write 2000 words. Yeah. So am I. All right, let's go. Yeah things uh something like that might be helpful yeah and you can set it up with discord you can set it up with slack you can set it up with zoom on their free account with limits there are i'm a big fan of zoom and uh, there's one i just learned about called blue jeans that we use for opensource.com for our uh, uh correspondence chat every week these these are all things that are out there that are accessible for you to be able to utilize. And maybe your company will just be like, no, we're not going to pay to set that up. Great. Maybe you take your coworkers and you say, let's just all go hang out in this one video channel, right? Or or something like that, because you've got to maintain those human connections. Uh, and if, if, God forbid you're single and you're used to living alone, but, and your primary social outlet has been going to your job. 
then this is going to be a system shock. And, oh, yeah. Or if this is your first remote job and suddenly you find out that you are home alone in front of the screen, this is a system shock. And it, it takes a lot of work. Um, I have one coworker. I may be a former coworker. I'm not sure. I need to ask them about that. Uh, who was having a really hard time with that adjustment because they were time offset from their team. Ah. The majority of their team is in the, on the Pacific coast U S they're in Amsterdam. Mm. And so about the time that her team is signing on to work, it's dinner time. It's time to go, you know, it's family time. Uh, that's uh that's a tough one right that's a big adjustment and maybe you're a night owl and that's great you have dinner and then you go work until dawn uh and everything's good um maybe not maybe it's really hard to coordinate that offset because you're the only member of your team in your time zone and it's a really you know big difference um my time zone is like in the sweet spot for but, you know, we should you say know? it is totally legit to be stressed and have a hard time with the fact that oh, you yeah. are not synced with your whole team. If you've been used to working with a group of people and now you're not, and that was, I mean, that was what you did. Yeah, yeah. This is this is. Oh yeah, a big you know existential crisis right now. Yeah. And this is and and this will go beyond the current existential crisis. Yes, you may discover that. My God, working from home is the best thing ever, that you're twice as productive. Honestly, I, I have found that when, since I started working from home, yeah, I have my on days and my off days. Even on my off days, I, I'm still more productive in terms of what I get done for work than when I was in an office. I'm sort of curious as to after this crisis has passed, how many companies are going to keep working from home as a major option? Instead of, uh, or how many are just, I, anyone with a micromanaging boss, I'm sure is going to be like, be back in the office so I can breathe down your neck. Oh, absolutely. But, absolutely. Uh, companies who are more driven by perhaps bottom lines and whatnot may find they can either afford to be more flexible or they can be like, well, why the hell were we keeping all of these offices when we yeah. will run just as well from home. So yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see how that shakes out. Yeah. I mean, there's a big, for, for companies, small and large, there's a big saving just around office space. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one of the big expenses is that physical office space with the electricity and the lights. And it'll be interesting to see what the cost difference is and how many companies are like, why the hell have we been paying all of this money for offices when we can get along without them? Which, you know, is the key that will lead in a few years to property values cratering in the Bay Area. But, you know. <laughs> oh, a man can dream. A man can dream. Um, no, there will always be companies and there will oh, yeah. always be managers and bosses and leaders who will prioritize physical presence over effectiveness because for them, physical presence is the most effective way. And therefore it should be for everyone. That's else. how it works for everyone else. Yeah. We don't like those people. We, we don't, I understand them, but 
we don't like them, and it makes someone like me, who is a veteran at this point, a battle-scarred, grizzled veteran of the work at home, <laughs> uh, you know, very frustrated when I'm looking for the next thing. Yeah, I remember there was a job you had where uh, basically a manager who was very good mm -hmm. pretty much laid it out that you were not going to get promoted unless you moved into the office. Yeah, unless uh, not only moved into the office, moved into moved from North Carolina to Seattle. Yeah, and into the office, and I was like, you know, it's it's good to know where things stand, and I still managed seven years with that company. And eventually left uh, because they they wrung me out. Yeah, they they used and abused me in the end, and that's you know that's the tech world, that's game design, that's all of that stuff. And um, the day will come when we no longer allow that. I hope. I hope. Yeah. I hope. Uh, keep hope alive. I've been hoping now for nearly twenty years on that. Uh, see also the book Net Slaves. That uh, was written during the first bubble and the first internet boom, um, which several friends of mine contributed to. Anyway, um, so I hope this is helpful. The big things to keep in mind, and it's I know it's a little broken record, is set up the workspace that works for you. Take advantage of any company reimbursement policies for equipment. Yes. Especially if you can say this is an ergonomic thing. Ergonomic is one of those magic words that unlocks yes. money. And they may have special things for the ergonomics that you can only buy a certain type of keyboard. Man, that keyboard, uh, having an ergonomic keyboard can make the difference between work is torturous on your arms and work is its standard level of torturous because it's work. Um <laughs> You know, try to set up to be, I'm not going to say distraction-free, but to lessen distractions. And I know the hardest thing right now is for parents. Yeah, um, if you if your kids are at home, uh, honestly, oh, oh, okay, we should probably leave this to, to the pandemic portion, coping with the pandemic portion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's, that's what we're kind of edging up to is coping with the pandemic. Because now we've got our workspace, we've kind of got all that sorted, and now... Here's the existential dread building down on top of us. Um, Here's the thing. It is absolutely freaking absurd oh yeah. to expect people to be – or to expect yourself oh God. to be at 100% normal levels of productivity when we are dealing with a pretty much kind of unprecedented, unprecedented – or also sort of unprecedented at the moment uh, – mm. global crisis. Like – it's okay to be freaked out and anxious. This is scary stuff. Like oh, yeah. you, you being anxious is not a failing. Now it is not you having anxiety. You may also have anxiety, but you should be anxious about this. This is messed up shit. Yeah. I mean, th th this is yeah. Th this is not your brain lying to you. Your brain may have been lying to you for years, but your brain is now the boy who cried wolf because there really is a wolf. Uh, the one thing I, I will note that I've heard from. I've seen mentioned by people who have anxiety, uh, by people who uh, have been in um, uh, traumatic situations, is that they're not anxious. They have gone calm because this is what they're used to. 
I actually have seen that with a lot of people, mm-hmm. and uh, including people who who were quite anxious at sort of the lead up yep. to this. But ha- now that we are effectively in crisis, well, we were all trained for this. Like we we've been, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have studied the blade. If you get my meaning, I, I was actually watching a, a video from a, a gentleman whose wife is a nurse who was a nurse in the military and was explaining to people who may not, to doctors, hospital administrators, um, that on the one hand, you're now very lucky if you have these people on your staff because this is what they trained for. The flip side is you may feel you're not that lucky because suddenly they're very direct uh, they may be expressing a lot coarser language than you're used to, <laughs> and they're starting to grab, you know, attitudes and things. Uh, no, this is because these are people who have been trained for the most stressful situations in the world and now are reverting, are just turning that switch on. And um, though being anxious is not the same as being a combat medic, right? Let's not fool right. ourselves. But or being a survivor from uh, the PTSD, PTSD, or although certainly a the two are often or, yes. comorbid, but uh, often yes. A lot of uh, the thing is, you already know how to deal with crippling levels of anxiety. Yes, it's it's not that you're necessarily okay, but you're not wrong now. Yeah. Like everyone else, it, like a, fr- a fellow I follow who's great on Twitter said that uh, his last appointment with his therapist, he went in and said, yeah, I'm really freaked out about the pandemic. And his therapist was like, okay, spends a session, you know, coming up with coping mechanisms for him to try. And then a week later is like, okay, all of our appointments are now over telephone. And he's like, I kind of feel like I won. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, it's, it, I, yeah. now this is not to say that if you are an anxious person who is super anxious now and having a meltdown, you're, you're not being anxious wrong. I am not going on top of everything else. You have failed at anxiety. Uh, wow. That would just be a kick in the teeth. How? how? Yeah. No, no, uh, no, it is totally possible that this is not the, the sort of scenario your brain has been trying for. And thus it's like, you know, screaming, running circles and mm-hmm. that's okay. It is okay to be anxious right now. Even if you're not normally an anxious person, it's totally welcome. <laughs> Come pull up a chair. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to our world. Uh, this is and it is completely bonkers to think that you are going to be as productive as you are in normal situations during a time of global crisis. That shit insane that you're going to be normally as normally productive. Yeah, I I realize a lot of people don't have a choice. That's the problem that a number of freelancers who don't get paid unless they produce work are mm-hmm. real sunk now because you're just as freaked out, but you still have to produce the work so you can eat yep. or people who are newly working at home and, uh, or have managed to work at home and their company is going to be like, why isn't this just as good as when you don't, as when you're in the office, maybe working at home has failed for you and you should come back in even if you'll get the COVID-19 and die. Uh, no, the, the, they can't. Well, they I can't mean, right, yeah, they can't right now, right, but, right now, yeah. uh, 
it's you're getting hit with a double whammy here. There's the adjustment mm-hmm. from working from home, and there's the oh god, oh god, oh god, global crisis. Yep, it's okay. Like I, your employers maybe you know have unreasonable demands, but we here on Productivity Alchemy want to say, if you want to like curl in fetal position for a day and eat potato chips and play Dragon Age Inquisition and cry, I think that's a very healthy coping mechanism right now. Absolutely. That's um, uh, that's probably, it's very safe. It keeps you home. You're not exposed to anyone else. You're eating. And uh, yeah, you know, knock yourself out. <laughs> and, you know, you can... It's harder to treat it as a sick day, and I'm going to tell you right now, if you have a boss who's like, but you're, you can continue to work because you're home even if you're sick, your boss needs to have a kick in the pants because uh, sick is still sick, work from home is still work, and working while sick does not even, – even if it's like an allergy attack, it is better for you to take the, the day off – for an allergy attack, or maybe you're saying it's it's spring here in the northern hemisphere, so maybe your your allergy attack is it's a panic allergy. Uh, you don't have to tell them it's a panic allergy. You can just say I'm having a really bad allergy day. I'm going to take the day and rest just in case. Everybody's going to be like, yes, just in case. Uh, that said, this yeah. only works if you're working for a company who is being nice about uh, sick days right yeah. now, and not one of the ones that's being assholes. Uh, which far too many of them are. The number of large companies who will not give their workers paid time off for or paid sick leave is um, uh, like, you know, part of the problem is America is too large and too spread out because if this was like, if we were all, if we were the size of France, we would be storming the goddamn Bastille right now. Right. Staying six feet away from each other. And uh, I, I have to say, washing our hands. But. Uh, that is one of the advantages in working for a company who is based out of Europe and was founded in Europe is they have a very different value on taking care of their people than all, all of the companies I've worked for that were founded in this country. Yeah. To use mm-hmm. them up and spit them out industrialist kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying there isn't some of that. I mean, it's it, it's everywhere. It is what it but, is, capitalism. But. Yeah, but this is. Sorry, as this continues, I will probably become even more of a sort of raging socialist than I am now, and you should probably. I'll just buckle up. Part of it is the shepherds in the house. <laughs> yes, um, but I think. I mean, I, I think that's sort of the thing right now. It's um, you've got to adjust to working from home, and you've got the stress of, quite frankly the world is actually kind of on fire right now. And so that's, that's scary that you shouldn't have. I mean, uh, people, God, the British, I love the British in many ways, but the ones trying to do this stiff upper lip, we didn't close for the blitz. Well, the blitz wasn't contagious asshole. And And also I'm going to willing to bet that a great many people during the blitz, laid in fetal position and cried and ate potato crisps, but um, they just didn't tell each other about it. (laughs) And uh, one thing I do, it may not work for everyone. Uh, I am a relentless consumer of media that isn't the news. I listen to music. I have a screen dedicated for 
a fire TV that maybe I will just put cartoons on something that can be up there that is not, uh, but I don't have ADD. So for me, a soundtrack isn't a problem. Apparently a soundtrack has been a problem for you in the past. Uh, yes. Have you ever noticed that when we're talking in the car, if I need to concentrate, I turn down the radio. Yeah. 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 I, uh, uh, I, yeah, I said that to the, therapist doing the screening and she like looked at me and made a check mark so i don't even know what the hell that meant yeah uh, i just turned down the volume enough to be able to hear the other person i can continue to listen to the radio uh and talk to someone at the same time i like enough i, I like the coffee the sound of a coffee shop because mm -hmm. there is just enough going on that i don't have to uh, that is not my problem and I don't have to acknowledge it or necessarily sort of consume it mentally the way I do music. Yeah. Uh, and whereas occasionally something, particularly because the coffee shop I go to is a den of freakishness, occasionally something will just come up and, you know, the woman will stomp in and claim all the Welsh are vampires or something. And, and there are apps, and we've, I've talked about them before, with ambient noise that will do coffee shop ambient noise or nature ambient noise. A really good one if you're a writer, incidentally, uh, video game soundtracks. Uh, can be, yeah. Because they are designed basically to be – to not distract you from what you are doing in the main action, but there is still – but they can still have some kind of epic moments and whatnot. I was going to say the problem is it's if it's a video game you've played like a Final Fantasy game – that have like the boss fight theme. <laughs> okay, or, the boss fights are always tricky. Yeah, and it's it's um, you know, but like the Mar Super Mario soundtrack going on. Um, uh, if that's your thing, Breath of the Wild is Breath good. of the Wild. Yeah, uh, uh, there's a whole subgenre of nothing but video game music in different orchestrations. Uh, I think it's um, uh, the Baltimore. Game Symphony Orchestra. Uh, I'll I'll look it up. Uh, a friend of ours, or a friend of mine. I don't know if you you know them. Uh, our friend Will's uh, co-editor on the one blog, uh, Z, is a member of a symphony orchestra that does nothing but game soundtracks symphonically, and said that it was the most uh, appearing at one of the, at the game convention that I staff was the most fascinating thing ever because people came in and sat down and listened <laughs> because this was what they were there for. Um, so uh, there, the game music thing is huge right now. And there's so many different things. Find the thing that works for you. For me, it also depends on my mood. Maybe oh. I'm having, when I'm on call, it is all metal all the time. Uh, and the type of metal will determine is usually determined by what type of day it is. If I'm in here listening to tool while I'm hammering at the keyboard, everyone knows just to stay the fuck back. Cause it's been that kind of day. I, uh, yeah, my only equivalent of that is I'm breaking out the Tuvan throat singing. The book is getting dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another one is I, I, I used to write to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, but the problem is whenever they did uh, the uh, Minas Morgul theme, I was mm. like, ooh, ring wraiths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But fine. Maybe, maybe you need a soundtrack. Maybe you need 
you know, Spotify playlist. A Spotify playlist. There are tons of them out there. Maybe you need uh, an ambient noise of, I, I would not be surprised if there was an ambient cube farm office worker <laughs> thing over there where occasionally you'll hear a, uh, uh, sorry, the uh, cat moved just enough to hit the lock button on this keyboard. And now I have to unlock the keyboard. It won't stop recording. Oh, maybe. good, good. Uh, but you know, maybe maybe you need the occasional sound of a paper jam in the background, <laughs> and uh, or you know, a photocopier going, or the gurgling of a water tank. Find whatever works for yeah. you. Like we are not judging it. Nope. You know, it. I always there was a stretch when I was feeling stressed out where I put the spa channel on in my <laughs> truck, which was basically like the kind of crap that they play in the background with the sliding water noises and the chimes and the flutes uh, when you're getting like a massage or acupuncture or something. Right. It was very restful. I appreciate it. I was like, okay, this is, this is about what I can handle right now. And, Maybe you're the kind of person who can listen to podcasts. I have listened to some fantastic other people's podcasts when working. I've fallen off the habit because it's been a little more intense. I can't do uh, words because what I do, because I just wind up transcribing the podcast. It, I, right. I can either listen to the podcast or I can write, but I can't have two sets of words going or one word shows up in the other. Uh, the, but uh, let me just say, you know, like uh, the truth or um, – uh, things you missed in history class, or God, what's that one really dark one? Dark history. Ah, yes, dark history is fat. If yeah, and there is a, a phenomenon that uh, occurs. I think uh, people who are stressed out about something frequently like reading horror and oh, yeah. uh, dark. It, it's cathartic because something terrible is happening, but it's not the terrible thing that's happening to you. And uh, people, you know, watch horror films mm -hmm. and uh, you get the the sort of cathartic release of the stress being over. And it, uh, you know, it, your person, the world is not less on fire, but you had the the your brain released the oh, the world is not on fire anymore chemicals for a little bit. So you're like, oh, thank God. That was yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, and I will so, admit you know. that, yeah, sometimes that third screen I've got up there just for media consumption is on uh, Trauma Studios' greatest hits <laughs> with bad special effects and screaming and I, fake I, blood. I'm, I'm not sure if those really count as horror or just comedy, some of them. But. Oh, they're, it, it's a horror that they are as popular as they are, but... <laughs> But you you know what I mean. Sometimes I just uh, and uh, KB Spangler's the same way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we are both. I am so glad oh. that you and KB found each other to talk about <laughs> horror movies with, thereby sparing both me and her husband from having to hear about them. Well, yeah, it's, because... it's yeah. <laughs> And and the occasional mistake, like it's towards the end of the day, I'm like, well, that looks like crap, and I put it on, and I finish typing, and it's a good thing it's the end of the day because my attention drifts, and the next thing I know, I'm eating dinner in front of this because it's, and I'm then I'm like, okay, this looks like from the title, it's absolute shit, but you need to watch this movie. <laughs> um, Speaking of, and I did not actually start this with an intent to uh, right. to plug this, but. Uh, 
my horror novel, The Twisted Ones, came out in the UK today. And, <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> and, like, this is just... Uh, this I barely even mentioned it on Twitter because I mean at this point who the hell cares anymore, right? But you can get it if you couldn't before. And in one of those moments of irony, some of you may remember my meltdown over my last self-published book, where I had sent out, well, I thought that I had updated the file at Amazon, and instead the pre-proof one went out. Well, a big-ass publishing company with a lot of great titles under their belt and a dedicated, fantastic staff sent out the uh, books with advanced reader copy on the cover and the ARC, uh, the this is an advanced reader copy, you know, text in on all the ebooks, And I just laughed because, you know... The fact that they made that mistake too, I I, I found hilarious. I wrote to the the I'm like, hey, you know, this is a problem. I told the people at the publisher. Obviously, they were like, yeah, we're on that. We're so sorry. And I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm not even mad. No, you don't understand. I just did this on a book, and it's actually funny that you know you guys have done it too. And at this point, who cares? Right. So, it, honestly, that that kind of made me chuckle because, whatever, you know. And really, through all of this, look for those funny moments. I uh, we there been... will be there. Sometimes it will be gallows humor, but you will find yourself laughing until tears roll out of your eyes for no apparent reason. I I this is why I am like you know relentlessly documenting Kevin chasing the fabulous Houdan brothers. Oh, God. And uh, yeah. the point where I was briefly being given colleague commands because someone else needed to walk up. And it was like, Ursula, walk up. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, we've been doing um, – I've been doing on Twitter mm -hmm. uh, a sort of daily check-in thread yep. uh, where I talk about what I'm doing. I usually show some garden photos mm -hmm. and uh, – Ask people to check in if they need to. I've a couple people have said that it inspired them to start something like that on Facebook or on their blog. Uh, wonderful people. People are feeling scared and isolated right now because people are scared and isolated. Yeah, right kind of. Yeah. Uh, and the real. ones who aren't able to be isolated are much more scared. So it's you know if you have the ability, make a space where people can check in virtually. If Absolutely. you don't have that ability, uh. It's okay to check in on those threads and someone else and, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, speak up. It's cool. We're, it's cool. we're all in this together. As the Red Green Show used to say, we're all pulling for you. Keep your stick on the ice. Uh, yeah. Uh, best advice I can think of in <laughs> hockey season, which apparently isn't happening anymore. So. Uh, yes, but as somebody pointed out, the Canadian scientists isolated the COVID thing like – three days after hockey season closed. <laughs> They're like, my God, how much how much power has that nation been diverting to hockey? Oh, yeah. No, no kidding. I, I think that's that's pretty much that's all not of it for now. Everything. I, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about, like checking in on people mm -hmm. and whatnot, but you can get that anywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know what you can do. You know the people that you can help. I assume you're all good and decent people and trying because Lord knows 90% of humanity is. Yeah. The, and that's the other thing is don't let the isolation 
physically isolate you mentally from other people. Yes. Remember, you can still go outside and all. It's not a do not see the sun. Uh, right. If you're in an apartment building, I understand this is difficult. Yeah. Uh, but if you have the capacity, go out in the yard, wave to your neighbor, uh, or go out in the yard, wave to the trees. If you're in an apartment building, open a damn window. Even if you have to lock all the cats or dogs or whatever out unless of the Unless you're at room, street level. Unless you're at street level. Uh, and even then. Um, and just stick your head out and breathe. Yeah, it's... It's incredibly important. And people go nuts in solitary confinement for a reason. And we're all doing this to ourselves now. And so if you're, you know, take care of yourself. This... Long-term isolation from other people, even if you're an introvert and think, you know, this is wonderful, I can finally introvert. Uh, right. This will start to wear on you. It will. Uh, and so use all of the technology you have available to you, phone calls, text messages, whatever, to get that human contact. Yeah. It's huge and important. Uh, is that everything? I think that's going to be everything for this discussion this week. Um, We don't really need a badge this week, do we? It feels weird. God, yeah. No, we're going to do a badge. Oh, are we? Yeah, absolutely. All right. If people like badges, by God, we will give them badges. The moment you said we really don't need to do a badge this week, I heard, like, psychically, (laughs) like, the, the... a thousand voices screaming suddenly gone silent. <laughs> um, the All of the people who collect badges. All right, we will have a badge we'll for have, you collectors. Um, and for the rest of you, right after this. I want to thank everybody for putting up with our discussion this week. I realize it's it's a tough one, but uh, I hope it's helpful. So uh, please feel free to write in. We have a comment form on the website. Uh, you can email me directly, kevin at sunny.com. Uh, that's also linked on the website. And when you go to the website, you can claim your badge for this episode. <laughs> I have been duly chastened for... <laughs> like... Really, I'm like, I know there are several of you out there who are just gung-ho about the badge collecting, and not having a badge would – there would be screaming on Twitter, and I know that. Uh, So uh, our badge code this week is remote work. You can find out more about uh, the badges we issue and and open badges in general and how to get them at productivityalchemy.com, and that's also where you can claim them. Uh, I am – Starting to try to figure out what I'm going to do with Credly stopping their free program later this year. Uh, so, because I can't afford what they're going to charge. So, we're, we're right. gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring it out, folks. Don't worry. You're not going to lose badges. Uh, I, I, that is abundantly clear. And I don't want anyone to think that you're going to have to re enter codes. They're there. They're safe. We just got to figure out somewhere else to store them. Um, so, there's that. 
Uh, normally we put in a plug here about how to support the podcast financially, but honestly, we're doing fine. A lot of artists and whatnot are, uh, who depend on conventions and whatnot to Mm -hmm. sell art are now completely screwed. Yep. That was a big chunk of their income and these things have all been canceled. So if you, if there's a piece of art you're looking to buy, this is probably a great time to do it. And if there isn't, then tip your delivery driver really well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other thing is um, your local food banks are going to be hit really hard. Um, they are. So, and they need, they're going to need the financial help because aside from the uh, increase that's going to happen as people are unable to work, there's also going to be uh, uh, increased expenses as things as as some things maybe become harder to get. So and uh, they're gonna the mm-hmm. donations will trickle will will dry up because people are out of work. So right. it's a good place to send money. Um, with food banks, it is always best to send money if you can. They can buy things in bulk. They have much more purchasing power oh, yeah. than we do. They really do not actually need that can of pumpkin pie filling and pearled onions. No, they they really don't. Uh, honestly, uh, the half day I spent uh, working, uh, helping package nothing but rice into one pound bags, hundred pound bags broken down into one pound bags, just to be able to package and distribute. Uh, like beans and rice are one of their bigger things, and that's things that people are now buying and hoarding, as it were. Uh, so it's it's difficult. Um, Especially with some of our rice imports probably getting hung up at the border because they're from Asian countries. So anyway, that reminds good, me I need to check in with Dino. So good place to uh, yep. send money is uh, food banks, mm-hmm. artists, and uh, of course tip your delivery person. Please, yeah, they um, are. As we have learned this uh, these last few weeks, the nation actually basically depends on the postal service. Oh yeah, in order to function <laughs> and groceries. Yeah, grocery stores. And of course, we are paying these people the lowest amount. And then it turns out they're completely essential. Uh, You know, people like me, eh, I'm funny. I write some fun books, but society will chug along. The people who stock the shelves at the local grocery store deserve hazard pay and possibly medals at this point. They really do. Um, So that's that's it. Uh, So that's it for this week. Yep. Uh, Folks, it is tough out there but it, this is only temporary and honestly this week and for a while to come we can actually give you permission vested in us as the people from productivity alchemy you don't have to be as productive <laughs> Woo! we'll talk to you next week